The attempt is brought to you by Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of functional ultralight backpacking gear designed by hikers. I've been a user and big fan of Gossamer Gear packs dating all the way back to 2012 when I was first introduced to their Mariposa, the 60 liter lightweight internal frame backpack. I've since downsized to the Gorilla, Gossamer Gear's 40 liter pack, which I used for the duration of my Pacific Crest trail through hike in 2017. I choose Gossamer Gear packs because not only are they lightweight, but they can also comfortably carry a heavier load for when I'm leaving town with too much food, snow gear, and or enough water to cover a 25 mile dry stretch. I'm also a user of several accessories sold on Gossamer Gear's website, including their hipster fanny pack, their shoulder strap pocket for my iPhone, and the Lightflex hiking umbrella to protect my fragile ginger skin against the sun and also rain. Gossamer Gear is also the maker of The One, their popular one-person trekking pole tent. It has been said to be the one you need. Listeners of the attempts can score a 15% discount at gossamergear.com by using code THEATTEMPT15 at checkout. Again, that's 15% off your cart by using code THEATTEMPT and the number 15, all one word, at checkout at gossamergear.com. This deal is only good for a limited time, so don't wait. Previously on The Attempt. California baby. Woo! No more borders to cross. And so what was right for Benjamin was to skip ahead. Ah, today is three months since I started. I just realized that. He decided to leave those 411 miles of Northern California behind. He could do them next summer. We've been in the area of LA for a while. And if I'm being honest, I don't like this section very much. Today someone asked me, are you doing this to feed your ego or feed your soul? But I'm enjoying it, like this shit feeds my soul. Okay, so today was a great day. I, um, around 10 a.m. I ran into two old friends. <laughs> 30 a day. So I feel good about that. Um, yeah, that's about it. You're listening to podcast my sister makes. <laughs> it's called The Attempt. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> All right. It's nine o'clock at night on October 21st, 2019, and Benjamin is arriving at a train station in Los Angeles patiently waiting to pick him up and recording the whole scene for me is our uncle Eric. I feel ridiculous. Why? You look awesome. Oh my god. Oh, I think it's so funny. Oh my god. Can I take a picture of you here in the station? For sure. This is the first time Eric has ever seen Benjamin with a beard. Awesome. Love it, okay. love it. Okay. I'm so happy to be here right now. Oh my god, I'm so happy to have you here. I sadly needed it like a day in town. Yeah. A few minutes okay. later, Benjamin loads his pack into the back of Eric's car and they set off in the dark toward his house in Venice. <laughs> you mean scenic route? <laughs> I'm pretty used to this scenic route. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry about it. Benjamin's been to L.A. before, but he's never walked there. 
from the Canadian border. This is a bit of a trip for me right now. I'm sure it's such culture shock. <laughs> this is really funny. On the trail and in these small trail towns along the way, Benjamin has been spending a lot of time with other people who are also living the trail life. And I think L.A. must feel like a big contrast to that. And our Uncle Eric is one of the first people he's seen in a while who really knows him, knows what he looks like without a trail beard. I think he's able to hold up a mirror to Benjamin so he can see what his life looks like now from the outside. So how much... Hiking alone, do you? Are you doing? Uh, today was 13 hours of hiking alone. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd say like 50% of the time I'm alone. 50% I'm with someone. Huh? I've been hiking with this guy, Matt, for like a month now. Oh, but wow. sometimes we'll be separated by like a day and kind of like have to wait until town to link back up. And do you do that like you're waiting for him? I would never wait for him. He wouldn't wait for me. Oh, okay. It's just like we'll link up eventually. Right, right. So, like, the other night, like, he stopped at 6, and I wanted to keep on walking until 9. And he stopped at 6, and I was like, all right, I'll catch you. Like, you'll catch up eventually. And so then yesterday morning, I just turned around the corner. He had actually gotten ahead of me somehow <laughs> because I had slept in. And he was sitting there eating breakfast. I was like, hey, man. And then we just kind of started walking again. <laughs> it was great. That's so cool. It's really so, fun. No, so it wait, when is it getting dark now? It's like seven. seven. So you hiked for two hours in the pitch dark? Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes even I forget how crazy all of this is. Hearing Eric react to Benjamin's adventure reminds me it is objectively a crazy thing to choose to do this. Walking for 13 hours a day, by yourself, and a lot of that time in the pitch black in the woods. In fact, it's that last bit that really seems to stick with Eric. So, wait, that's kind of like, tell me about that. So it's a headlamp, (laughs) you're alone. Uh, I was with someone that time. I was with like another random guy, but half the time I'm like, I'd say like once or twice a week I hike alone at night. I like it. Yeah? It's peaceful. It's actually really peaceful. If you have a good headlamp that's bright enough. Yeah. I think that would make me nervous. For what? Like animals? I don't know. I'm a wuss. (laughs) I mean, you know, like just walking alone in the the woods. I mean, it's a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I I really like it. I really like hiking alone at night. Wow. Has there been anything scary moment there's one really scary moment that uh so I, I hiked alone at night and it was a weird thing where I'd been hiking with a bunch of people and I knew everyone had shared where they were camping that night and I didn't I was like had just enough energy to not be in either group like I didn't want to camp at the river because I had too much energy but I didn't have enough energy to go to the base of the mountain uh-huh. so I was like there's a mile between me and the closest people on either side I was like that's fine and I just plopped my stuff, I just like found a spot off the side of the trail, like a hundred yards, plopped my stuff down, and I'm sitting in my tent, getting food ready, um, and then I hear someone, like a woman's voice from right behind me, like farther from the trail from where I was, go, hey there. And I was like, what the fuck? And I turn and there's no, it was like, it wasn't like a rustling, it was like, hey there. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh, so there was no. never a person there. And I waited and I called out and I searched and there was never a person. And I kind of went to bed that night being like, alright, <laughs> hope I don't die. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that would have scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it was. But then I was just like, well, I could freak out about it. Or I could just, like, convince myself it didn't actually happen. Which is what I chose to do. It was pretty funny, though. Later that night, they get to Eric's house, and Benjamin's able to eat some takeout, take a shower, and sleep in a bed. There are a couple really great things about having our Uncle Eric host Benjamin in L.A., First, I think Benjamin was ready for a break, not just from the walking, but from the trail itself. I think he needed a little time away to get his perspective shaken up. Second, not only is Eric offering Benjamin a place to stay, he's also helping me out by recording for the podcast. Testing, testing. And he's not using his phone to do it, because Eric actually has worked in audio quite a bit, and he owns his own gear. So I asked him if maybe he would be able to interview Benjamin a little while they were together. All right. Now we're talking. Whoa. Why don't you say where you are this morning? I'm in a hot tub in Venice at my Uncle Eric's house. Oh, I should have mentioned also another reason it's great for Benjamin to stay at Eric's house is he has a hot tub. It's a Tuesday morning. Yeah. This is what you normally do on the channel. Somebody sticks a microphone in your face. So you were telling me about the, uh, the, the the 10 by 10. Yeah, you want to go 10 miles by 10 a.m. if you kind of want to have a good productive day. Um, that's like a good benchmark. Um, and I missed it yesterday by 10 minutes. So it was a 10 by 10, 10. Just frustrating. And, but you did, some, uh, how far did you go? Yesterday? I think like between 36 and 37, which was a long, I think the longest day for me so far. So, so what if you missed 10? It just meant the second half of the day was tougher. Right, right, right. Fewer breaks. So wait, what's what's? Looks like your hands are peeling off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in the hot tub right now. Um, what do you mean? No, I mean like you haven't been in there that long. It looks like I mean. Yeah, they're, they're not doing well. <laughs> you want some motion? <laughs> I don't really know what's happening. They don't. They've never looked like this before. It's probably like callousy and just being in soaking hot water. Yeah. All right, well, I'm not going to make you... I'm not going to talk to you. That's pretty gross. I'm actually going to get out as well. After Benjamin got out of the hot tub and dealt with his peeling skin, I hope, he and Eric went out for a day of L.A. activities, including but not limited to eating brunch and taking a pottery class. All right, Um, I'm just going to jump in so I don't waste your time. Later that evening, they sat down for a proper interview. Like, I mean... Describe how you, I guess I could say describe how you've changed, but start with describe how your body's changed in this. Uh, I feel really scrawny. Like, my upper body feels really scrawny. Um, I have a, in my opinion, really unfortunate, like, beard and mustache situation. Um, my hair's super long. My mother tells me it's handsome. I don't love it. My legs have gotten stronger. Uh, I haven't really lost too much weight or gained any weight. Um... Yeah, I mean, I eat, like, a s- tremendous amount. Um, 
the the fun thing is before I bought compression shorts, I had like kind of loose, like kind of more like lightweight shorts and all the leg hair on the front of my thighs chafed away, which was like the leg, like the hair, which was like gone. It had been like rubbed off by the shorts, which was super strange. It's a fun, very accurate answer to your question. How has your body changed? <laughs> but now I have like kind of more compression shorts, which are much more comfortable. That's good. Are you wearing the same, you bought new shoes at the beginning, right? Um, I bought, I changed from like kind of more rigid hiking boots to trail runners. So that's one thing that changed. I changed the brand of sock I have um, and bought sock liners. So that's a complete revamp of the foot situation. I bought knee braces. I got rid of my old pants, which were like convertible, like shorts to pants. Sent the other stuff home. I bought like running shorts. I got rid of my lightweight t-shirt um, and got like a more my hat is the one thing uh, I've kept the same it's unprotecting. Um, and it really you can tell it's like I have the same very greasy like sweat and the same they're completely different color than when I started same watch um, it's kind of like pale now and it was purple when I started that's also changed I got rid of my whole second outfit it's like my second set of clothes but I have a I went from three pairs of boxers down to one I bought a new which keeps things spicy and I got my sleeping pad at a hostel because mine is about, or mine was about four feet long. my backpack and I'm about 6'2". And so it wasn't kept the same hiking poles even though they don't have any tips anymore. So, yeah. Which I think it's pretty par for the course. Like most people do about that much replacement. So my pack has gotten lighter in a lot of ways. Uh, so I just was going to ask you about, um, you, you were saying that you kind of, you'd come to grips with skipping the 400 miles and now you're going back and forth again. I feel, I feel like I go back and forth a lot. Um, I think it would be really nice to get to the end and be done, but then I'm also very excited at the same time to have a future adventure to look forward to. If I were finishing right now, it'd be really kind of like final. But I think that having like something that I know I'm going to get to do next year makes it a little bit less final. And that kind of counteracts the feeling that like, oh, you know, I, it would be really, really cool to finish right now. But, you know, feel that like triumph. But I think that overall it's for the best that I do next year. And all the cool people that I have met by virtue of skipping ahead, I would not have met. So I'm also happy with that. Right. I think it was objectively the right choice. Um, and people who didn't do it got okay weather, but they were colder than I was. So <laughs> I, I, I win that one, I guess. Um, okay. So what occurs to me is that, like, you told me that it's hard for you to not feel bad if somebody's passing you. Right. And so what I'm wondering is, is there, is there a right speed for you that's mm -hmm. not relative to other people? Hmm. You know, like, like the question, it's kind of a sprawling question. Like, yeah. you know, wh what, what is the, what is the trip about? And, you know, what do you get from going faster or slower? Or is it just competition? Or maybe there's your speed that there'll be a certain cadence that will like be right for you. Right. Hmm. That's a good question. There is a guy who I mentioned this already on one of my recordings who asked, he said, is ask yourself every single day if you're doing things for your ego or for your soul. 
I think he was saying everything should be for your soul. And then I passed him and I was kind of like, Haha, yeah, I passed you. And it was such like, a, I knew as I was thinking that, I was like, this is not the right way to be thinking. And that was a really long time ago. And so I think since then I've not, I've kind of convinced myself that like the passing is not like a good thing or you know inherently a good thing. But I think that the way I interpret what he said now is that sometimes it's okay to do things for your ego. Um, and sometimes I think the split that I've come down on happily is like 75% kind of do things for your soul and seven and 25 for your ego. Because I think that at the end of the day, like part of this, like you should be proud of. And by ego, I mean like an accomplishment that makes you proud because you did it. Like even if there's nobody meeting up with you, there's some days where I think it's just kind of important to push yourself. But I think that the vast majority of the time, um, he was right and that you should be doing things that, like feed your inner well-being and that does not always mean going fast and passing people yeah like i wonder is the um you know what's the like it's it keeps coming back to what's the goal you know i mean Mm -hmm. is it is it uh to finish or is it is it the journey you know yeah yeah my buddy yesterday was it yesterday two days ago he, I had asked him, because we hadn't camped together, we'd camped like a couple miles apart, so I was asking him how his night was, and he's like, it was good. I had a realization, and this is him talking, this is not me, he's like, I had a realization that I think I'm probably going to stop hiking after the Halloween. I was like, wait, what? Like, you'll be so close. He's like, yeah, but I was sitting there, and I was having breakfast, and it was a delicious breakfast, and the birds were chirping, and the leaves were rustling, and everything was breathing around me, and I was, and I was like, this is what I want. And that's what he was telling me. And at that point, he wasn't hustling. He wasn't trying to make it very far. He wasn't trying to like go very fast. And he's like, this is perfect. And then as soon as he snapped out of that moment, he's like, oh crap, I have to make it, you know, so much more further, so much further tonight. Um, I want to get to the border at this point. And so we were talking and he was like, this has turned into a race for me. Um, It's about hustling. It's not about enjoying it. And I think that I should just go through Halloween and then stop. And he's like, it'll be weird because I'm super close to the border, but I think I'm just going to go home or maybe hitchhike up to Big Sur. And that was like blew my mind because I was like, that is, you're probably correct that that's right for you. You're probably correct that that's what would be healthier for everyone, but you're not going to convince me right now. <laughs> like He wasn't trying to convince me. Um, he was just sharing his kind of personal philosophy. And it was, it was funny because I was like, that is just such like a, emotionally intelligent way to approach this and i think i'm kind of pushing back on like any voice that tells me to do that i'm like i reject that um but i thought that was a really cool strategy not my strategy but it's cool do do you have is there a time when you need to be back or you're like oh i really want to be back before this time it was thanksgiving originally but i'm gonna be well before that um so no so could you imagine yourself like, you're normally hiking now 30-plus miles a day, right? Like, averaging a little bit below 30. Maybe 30, averaging. So, could you take a day, and I don't mean, like, where you ha- uh, half a day, where you hike a lot and then do nothing. Could you change your pace so you hike a 15-mile day or a 12-mile day? Yeah. That could be, like, a really cool challenge. That could be a really cool challenge. You think you would do it? Yeah, I think so. If I only have a couple weeks left, I could buy my flight, 
do try to set a new record for my longest day and feed that kind of part of why I'm doing this and then try to set a record for my shortest day. It's just a, it's just a thought like, and when, and when I say like, you say my longest day and my shortest day, I'm not even thinking your shortest day. I'm thinking it would be the same length day. You would just move at a different rhythm. See, and you, you're definitely right that that's such a good idea to do, but my instincts are telling me not to do that. But like, my instincts are wrong. <laughs> I don't know that they're wrong. You may you may be at the right pace for you, but it would be interesting to see if you're if you're if you can adjust to that pace, and then all of a sudden you may discover something different. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you'd hate it. No, I, I think you're probably right. Oh, that's so interesting. I think you're 100% right. It's just really hard to convince myself to do that. Um, there's something about like the surge of people all going and like the, just like the, the structure of this that make it very hard to slow down. That makes sense. I get that. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be, it's, it'll be, I'll be interested to hear if you try it, and if so, if it's, you know, if you... Oh, I'll definitely try it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting excited about this idea. I'm also getting excited about the idea of doing the really long day right before it. Cool. And just kind of pushing pushing both kind of extremes. I want to do 50 in a day. That's, that's, holy crap. It's a lot. Yeah. But so let me, just last bit, um, how much, how much farther do you have? 300 so I've, I've walked 1900 miles i have 411 to do next summer and i have 342 more uh until the border and and uh how much time is that 342 miles is just over two weeks N like no regrets but you're like i feel like you're ready to be done i'm ready to be ready to be done is what i've been saying what does that mean um, hmm. it means I don't wish it were over yet, but I'm ready to start wishing that way. Got it. I don't think that's too far off. It's so funny, like going to the pottering class, like, I mean, just everybody, when everyone hears what you're doing, it's so, they're so excited. People are excited. It's just, I didn't expect, like, it's, I mean, I guess that's how I would have reacted had I like been at a pottery class tonight. And somebody walked in with their nephew, and I'm like, oh my god, you're doing the PCT, I have so many questions, I want to do it one day. That's exactly how I would have reacted, but I kind of had figured that I was in the minority of people who were interested by that. It definitely also is different on the East Coast. And like, my friend from the East Coast, when I told them I was doing it, he's like, oh, so I think you look, what, like four or five days? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm walking. He goes, you're joking, right? You're driving. I was like, no, like, I'm walking. He's like, why would you walk that? You could just drive that. Which is funny. I don't know. I think it's an excellent question. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you, nephew. <laughs> no, I actually, for the record, I I uh, admire your, you know, your drive and your gumption oh, and well, spirit. And it's like such an amazing adventure. And I think it's you. fun. I'm having a good time. Cool. For now, having a good time. All right, I'm going to not make you keep talking. Thank you. All right, it was fun.
During Benjamin's 34 hours in L.A., he was able to rest his body and soak in a hot tub and go to a pottery class and eat avocado toast. I think staying with Eric was more of a break than he usually gets in towns. Because it wasn't just a break from the exertion of hiking. It was also a break from the culture of the trail. It felt like a chance for him to recalibrate his attitude, especially with only 342 miles to go. By the morning of the 23rd, he was ready to get back to the trail. They piled into Eric's car, and this time, Eric took him all the way to Cajon Pass, to the trailhead, so he could get started with his day nice and early. There will be a little turnaround. On the GPS app, this, like, this road is called the Road to McDonald's. This, we get, there it is, this is the turnaround. This is the trail. Oh, that's the trail. Yeah. It's beautiful here by the 15 freeway. Yeah, it's a very scenic spot. <laughs> Alright, maybe I, let me take a picture of you by the sign. For sure. All right, man. Eric, thank you so much. It was so, it was awesome. so good to see you. It was so good to see you. And hopefully I'll see you at the end. Like, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Thing like that. That'd be yeah. really fun. We'll figure out the timing. Awesome. Be safe. I will. Have fun. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm off. All right. Should, should I sprint up the hill? No, I'll just record your feet. You've been listening to The Attempt, produced by me, Julia Drachman, with editing help from Doug Byers. And this episode in particular would not have been possible without the amazing interviewing and recording by Eric Drachman. So huge thank you to my Uncle Eric. The Attempt is a production of Bad Cat Media, created in partnership with The Trek, a media company dedicated to thru-hiking and long-distance backpacking enthusiasts. You can find all the episodes of The Attempt at thetrek.co slash theattempt. You can find more information about Bad Cat Media on our website, www.badcat.media. You can also follow us at badcat underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. The music you heard in this episode is from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're going to be taking next week off so that we can finish the next episode. So that one will be out uh, not next week, but the week after. And he's gone. Out of sight. So cool.